0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and movies and TV shows of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. Sitcoms are a staple of the television industry. They've been extremely popular since at least the 1950s. Shows like I Love Lucy, Gilligan's Island, All in the Family, Taxi, M.A.S.H., Three's Company, Seinfeld, Scrubs, and modern shows like Parks and Recreation, Big Bang Theory, and Brooklyn 9 have all experienced tons of success. But while the early 90s had plenty of sitcoms for adults, the same couldn't be said about shows geared towards kids. Nickelodeon broke into the genre with Hey Dude back in 1989. After proving that sitcoms for children could actually work, they followed up Hey Dude with a new show in 1991 about a teenage girl. This show dealt with things like boys, growing up, and dealing with her annoying brother. That show was Clarissa Explains It All. we're talking about a show that man i don't really remember watching all that much i mean i do remember it because i was a very avid watcher of snick and i'm pretty sure that that's where this show was on they they, they played it for on, a while they played it on snick so i i remember seeing it a lot on that because it was coupled with other shows that i enjoyed like are you afraid of the dark and ren and stimpy and and other things like that but man i don't I don't have a whole lot of memories of Clarissa Explains It All, do
1: you? I do, actually. Well, Clarissa Explains It All was an American sitcom for Nickelodeon. And you're right that it was on SNCC. But it did start off on SNCC. It ended up there in the second through fifth season. It only had 65 episodes. So that may be why you don't remember it all that well. Mm -hmm. But I remember it. Uh, I don't know if it was because of the reruns or if it was more because I actually remember it during its initial run, which I think is what it is. Maybe it, it could be. We, we as a family would sit down together at dinnertime and watch Clarissa explains it all along with Doug and some of those other shows mm-hmm. because that's when they would play. And so I definitely remember watching this show. I don't, have too many memories of like specific episodes. It's sort of more of a feeling than yeah. than anything else. I do remember actually the ep- one of the episodes that we watched today, the episode where the parents got sick. Okay. So, I I actually remember that particular episode and uh,
0: I don't remember a whole lot else. I like remember that her brother was was sort of a little. I remember that. Yeah, shiza. Yeah. Her brother. She and her brother didn't get along. And her brother I, was kind of a shit bag. And that's all I remember. I yeah. remember nothing about the parents. I remember nothing about anything. And else. I did remember that his his brother or his brother. Her brother was named Ferguson. Yeah. Because and he, she and called he, him Fergface. Yeah. I remember that. And I, and, you know, thinking about it now, I do remember, I did remember her friend. I didn't remember his name until I watched it, but I did remember her friend would come into her room with a ladder. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But specific episodes, eh, I didn't really remember. I remember. Do you remember liking it? I think I remember watching it. Because it was on, and like I said, I don't know if I watched it in the initial run, but I want—I mean, season one—but I watched it season two. I'm sure through five yeah. when it was on SNICK. Because, like I said, I think it was like the lead-in show for SNICK, and we're the age demographic for it. Yeah, so I—I I would watch it because it was on at eight o'clock. And I wanted to watch Ren and Stimpy at like 8.30 and Are You Afraid of the Dark at 9 or whenever those shows were on. So it was just sort of like a, like, you know, when you watch TGIF when TGIF was a thing, like you might not like all the shows in TGIF, but it's, that's your night. So when you're a kid. But it was like, okay, you got to watch Full
1: House and then you got to watch Perfect Strangers and then Family Matters and then whatever the other one. Yeah, and then
0: Dinosaurs at 9.30. That's the one I want, you know, something like that. So it's like you, you sit through the schlock. So you can get to the show you want to. And I think for me, Clarissa explains it all was the schlock that I just sat through. Because huh. in like the in like the early nineties, what else are you gonna do as like an eleven-year-old on yeah. a Saturday night? It's like, well, here's my here's my entertainment for the night. I'm gonna watch Snick.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't I mean it wasn't I don't think it was that for me, but I definitely remember sitting down and watching it like with my family and it it's very possible that we sat down and watched it together as a family because it was safe, it was on Nickelodeon. And we could watch it as a family. My parents didn't have to worry about fast-forwarding anything or, well, you know, uh, Not turning the TV off. Not that we yeah. could, but you know what I mean? Like, they didn't have to uh, cut our programming because there was something inappropriate. Like, they could just put it on. I'd I, i I'd venture to guess that my parents put it on for that reason, and then we enjoyed it. But I don't know if we truly enjoyed it because it was what we actually wanted to watch or if we, if we enjoyed it because... It's what was available. Exactly. That's, so, that's kind of my point. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but I do remember liking it. I definitely remember having a huge crush
0: on Melissa Joan Who Hart. Who didn't have a huge crush on Melissa that's Joan true. Hart? Like Who we right doesn't still that... have a Melissa Joan Hart yeah. crush. Uh,
1: maybe less now for me, but a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. But definitely at the time. Oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, so the show was a teen sitcom created for Nickelodeon, originally airing from March twenty third, nineteen ninety one, to October first, nineteen ninety four. It was five seasons, like Chris said, sixty five episodes. Time was weird because
1: it varied from episode to episode.
0: Yeah, and usually TV shows are are a lot better at that because you need a time frame so that you can sell commercials right so you know oh we have like six minutes of commercials to sell that's you know like three commercial breaks of two minutes or well, something
1: Well, and then that whoever it is you're selling those commercials uh to they are wanting to buy a block with a specific show in mind yeah they'll say i want to b- buy a a block next to before after whatever clarissa and not say Ren and Stimpy yeah. or whatever it was so it seemed weird when I saw that and, and like actually watching some of the episodes yeah the time like varies so it's not like you could look at the scroll time and see it's okay at this time and no yeah you'd actually have to look at the time on it itself
0: yeah there and and I will say that once when I started watching them the theme song really kicked in the nostalgia for me because yeah. that's I, mean, I forgot about it completely, the, completely. The show, if you've never seen it, is very much a time capsule of like the early 90s. Yes. And almost painfully so from the fashion to it the... It could
1: not, uh, you know... It's
0: like Saved by the Bell kind of. Well, it's, it's, but that, Saved
1: by the Bell almost felt more like a meme. This was like a, I felt like a true time capsule. Yeah, yeah. It, it was
0: a true time capsule. It's, it's like a middle school, uh, a middle school, like junior high. She goes from, I think. Junior high to the end of high school. End of high school. Throughout the show, because it's over the course of five years. I think she starts as like a thirteen-year-old in like eighth grade, something like, and then that. winds yeah. up graduating from high school in the last episode, or being grad, getting ready to graduate from high school. She's like eighteen in that. Right. In that. Ep- it's in her that, senior year. Yeah. Basically. So the uh, the show was created by Mitchell Kriegman, who is an actor, composer, author, director, and producer. He created the Bear in the Big Blue House, which was another uh, Nickelodeon. I almost said. Nintendo I don't know why but it was another Nickelodeon uh, show that was very popular Uh, he created it's a big big world which was for PBS it was
1: like a sort of uh, cartoonish sort of um, animal show
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah now he also created a show called the book of Pooh," or was that a movie it's a tv show as a series in 2001 now this one is actually really interesting because he actually patented this method of animation known as shadow motion, which is a combination of high-def virtual environments with puppets and animatronics. Interesting. And then composited and rendered in real time. And I went and I looked it up. There's a link in our uh, notes here. I put a, a link into a to YouTube for an episode and you could go watch it. But the animation is, it's weird because... It definitely looks like puppets, but it... They don't act like puppets? They don't quite feel... I mean, they sort of move like puppets, but they sort of don't. But then there's definitely no strings, and it definitely feels like it's something recorded and then put over a backdrop, but then the backdrop interacts with them. It's... It, its You know what it is? It sits in Uncanny Valley. Oh, uh, okay. But not necessarily in a bad way. It <laughs> Does that make sense? I've never heard the Uncanny Valley described as a good thing. No, it's normally not. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's a good thing, but in this case, it's not a bad thing. But what's interesting about Kriegman is he actually, before this and before any of those projects, he wrote for SNL and ALF. And he was a producer for Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy. And he also directed episodes of Sesame Street and Blue's Clues and Zabumafu. And actually, I think his Emmys, he has three Emmys. They're all for Sesame Street, Blue's Clues, and Zabumafu. And he has, I don't know, like 20 different Emmy noms or something. He's so this, actually pretty accomplished. I was
0: going to say, so this guy is very much so a sort of power player in the field of, like, children's entertainment television. Yeah, at the time. I may Maybe less so now. Well, I mean, yeah, at the time that he created this show, he was he was a big mover and shaker when it came to kids' shows. Correct. Now, if you go look up the writers, there are 26... And you know that kind of makes sense because this show is a sitcom. It's a situation comedy. And a lot of times in sitcoms you don't have a writer or two writers, you have a team of writers because you had 5 seasons of this show with different episodes. I I don't I don't know for sure, but I would highly doubt that there are any like two-parter episodes or or overarching storylines that needed to be connected. This is very much an episodic show that the conflict, whatever it is, is defined and then resolved within the same episode every time. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right, and and I think twenty six seems like a lot, but you know we've covered some shows here where they had hundreds, hundreds of writers. So well, it's like
0: twenty six. It's basically like every every writer wrote maybe three episodes
1: yeah or so yeah maybe or or yeah <sighs> or I, it's I like it's about right
0: yeah or it was probably more like a committee it was probably it was probably script by committee uh for nickelodeon because it's a sitcom and they they didn't do super well this came out right after hey dude uh and, yeah right after and and maybe they were trying to hone in or like you know hone down the uh the 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 formula for, for kids sitcoms, because up until that point there hasn't really there hadn't really been a kid's sitcom. It was cartoons and it was variety shows. Yeah, that's there it.
1: wasn't yeah, you're right. There wasn't a whole lot. So, you know, the next director, Chuck Vinson, actually wrote for Aerie Spears and was a director for all that. Oh yeah.
0: And there's actually a bunch of directors.
1: There are. There are uh I don't know how many I counted, but um quite a few. I, I think twelve or, or something like that, but you know, so Chuck Vinson uh, is one. Jones Stone, who I-, I think did some work for Sesame Street. And then you have Maureen Thorpe, Liz Planka, Carl Lawton, Ken Frankel, John Ferraro, Richard Steer, and Paul Zerer. I'm not going to go into all of them because there's so many. But, yeah, yeah, There's you can go look them up if you really want to. Uh, that, I don't think that's actually that big of a deal
0: either, to have 12 directors for a, a TV show? No, I don't think so either. A sitcom? Probably not. No, definitely not. A sitcom not. that lasted five seasons? Probably not. Yeah, definitely not. Probably more shows have more directors and writers nowadays. Oh, yeah, definitely. If, if there are any sitcoms left on TV, I don't watch a lot of TV. I I, I don't either. Uh, we just started watching see. a show. What'd you watch? We started watching Castle Rock. Oh! Watched one episode. Hooked. Hooked. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's always so nice when... Uh, when somebody actually gets Stephen King right, and they got it right. It feels like they do. It's it. it. Go watch it if you haven't watched it. It's oh. on Hulu. Uh, the theme music for this show, like we talked about, the theme music really pulls you back. If you were ever, if you were cognizant in the early nineties, if you had ever watched this show, even just sort of been in the same room when this show was on, you will probably recognize the theme music. You heard it at the beginning yes. of the episode, and the
1: theme music is essentially. Uh, more or less, the soundtrack, but cut up in bits and pieces throughout the show. And it's written by Anthony Bataglia, Willa Bassin, and Rachel Sweet. And Rachel Sweet is a singer-songwriter that most of us probably know from the song Everlasting Love. Eyes, realize, dear, everlasting
0: love and the title song from John Waters' musical Hairspray. I always forget that Hairspray was John Waters.
1: Yeah. I, I I didn't put it in here, but she also did... I believe it's the... Uh, I think she did something uh, to do with Pink Flamingos or something, too.
0: But Interesting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but she also executive produced uh, Dharma and Greg and George Lopez and some other TV shows. God, I remember Dharma and Greg. God, that, yes. That show had such a weird premise. It was a
0: terrible show.
1: And I remember it was terrible at the time. And I...
0: I'm glad that, you know what that, I'm glad
1: it is not on the wheelhouse for this show.
0: You know what you know what that show basically was? That show was what would have happened if the odd couple got married. Yeah, because that the, yeah. the show was essentially the odd couple. It was you had the you had the like stuffy business guy who was very proper. Well, that was and the, then you yeah, had they the, just ripped you, off the yeah. odd couple. You had except the wild... they made
1: their their family like the odd couple too. Yeah, so his family was stuffy and boring, and hers were hippy dippy, crazy, live I, off the land people. And... I always
0: remember one episode of Dharma and Greg, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to uh, divert us, but I, I I always remember one episode of Dharma and Greg where. Uh, the whole—I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but apparently, Greg—they—he moved into Dharma's apartment. If you don't remember the show, then tune out for the next thirty seconds. Greg moved in with Dharma when they got married, right? And he had an apartment himself, so he put all of his stuff in storage. And there was an episode where Dharma's like. You should just sell all that stuff. You don't need it. And he's like, uh, okay. So he sells it and his personality immediately changes because he becomes more clingy because he has no independence anymore. He doesn't have like that stuff that's his. He has all of her stuff. So he becomes right. like super clingy and she hates it. So she, she goes and finds all of his old stuff and gets it back for him and puts it back in the, the storage unit. So he goes back to normal. That's weird. It's yeah. like his Horcrux. Yeah. It's, it's a weird <laughs> show. Anyway, sorry. That's Uh, fine. So we're going to do a quick
1: rundown of the producers. Mitchell Kriegman, Marjorie Cohn, Brown Johnson, Joffrey Darby, Andy Bamberger. Now, it was produced by Thunder Pictures, and I could find nothing on them, so it's not in here. But you can see, I didn't put it in here, but it's in my brain because I'm a weirdo. mm -hmm. Uh, Production, this was... uh, Well, you know, do you want to do production or do you want to do cast?
0: Well, let's... Let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about the cast. Um, Clarissa, who is the title character, Cla- Clarissa Marie Darling, is played by Melissa Joan Hart. Born in seventy six, uh, that would make her what forty two now. At the time of this recording, she starred in the sh- in this show, and she went on to do Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Melissa and Joey. She was also the lead in the recent film God's Not Dead Two, and I believe she'd been in a couple other movies. That movie looks.
1: Awful, by the way. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I saw the previews and it looked terrible. I
0: think Kevin Sorbo's in it. Oh, yeah. Kevin Sorbo! That's kind of a sign
1: that's probably not great.
0: Um, I know she was in a couple other movies. He was great
1: in Hercules, and that was about it.
0: Hey, he was good in Andromeda. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't think yeah, about that about one. Yeah, I forgot about
1: Andromeda. Oh, no, he was fine in Andromeda. He was okay. I feel like the rest of the cast carried him. Yeah. It's fine. So, Ferguson W. Darling is played by Jason Zimbler, and since 2011, he's actually been a software designer for HBO. So I guess in and I put this in here as like a weird little side note, I guess in 1992, he spoke in front of the U.S. House of Representatives at the House Select Committee on Children, Youth and Families. And he discussed issues uh, concerning free condom distribution in school and the images of today's heroes. Interesting. I was like, yeah, it's like I wanted to find the video of it. I couldn't find the video of it. I was like, man, that sounds interesting. I want to know why he was the choice. I don't know. I don't think anybody wants to think about him and condoms together. But, you know,
0: Uh, each their own. The next character is Samuel Anders, or Sam. This is Clarissa's best friend, a next-door neighbor, I believe, or at least neighbor down the street. He's played by Sean O'Neill, and he hasn't really done a whole lot since the show. Uh, He's had a couple bit parts. And the character of Sam... I think he lives in the Pacific Northwest. Again, not in the notes. He lives
1: in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, the actor does. Yeah, the actor does. And he... I believe is, uh, he does like a, like play and stage stuff, but nothing huge. Yeah.
0: Well, the character in the show, we probably should have mentioned this for Ferguson. So the character of Sam is the best friend of, uh, Clarissa. He, if you've ever seen the show, he always enters the same way, practically every scene that he's in. Is he puts a he puts a, a ladder up to Clarissa's room, and then he climbs in. And it's it's like a running gag that she, Clarissa won't be looking at the uh, at the window. She'll hear a thud because the ladder's hitting it, and she'll just say, "Oh hi, Sam," and then Sam will walk into the into the scene through the window and be like, "Hey, Clarissa." And I, I was reading something. He entered
1: almost every episode that
0: way. Yeah. There was a couple. There was like a handful of episodes where he like comes into scene like from another room because he's already in the house. But most of the time he comes through the window. And I read something that said that there was never any. Because, you know, a normal person's mind, at least trained by modern sitcoms, would probably wind up thinking that Sam and Clarissa would have like a romantic feelings for each other or would be some kind of would be some kind of romantic item at some point in the show but the show made a point to almost overemphasize how platonic their relationship was they they saw each other in like a completely non-sexual way to the point where she would ask him for advice when she wanted to date guys and, and i think
1: that was intentional they wrote yeah, it, that it was way on purpose because they wanted it to be completely uh platonic yeah I think there was a concern that if if they had this guy who was her friend coming in through the window and then they mature and grow up together and start liking boys and girls and stuff and they they might it might get weird to have the friend coming through the window so they just kept it platonic uh, like it almost felt Almost shoehorned that way, yeah. Because you, the sort of natural progression of a friendship like theirs would be that at some point one of them would
0: form a relationship. We, we talked about it with Pete and Pete between right. between Pete, like old older Pete and Ellen, right. They eventually develop feelings for each other well, when they started out as, like, best friends.
1: You and I have had this... We had this discussion. I want to say it was maybe a couple months ago. Talking
0: about uh, platonic relationships with the opposite sex. I think right? we were talking about it during Pete and Pete. And I said that it was... I said that it's... No, diff- I don't
1: think we talked about it in the recording. Oh, maybe
0: we? we didn't. But... I think it was like we were just hanging out or something. Yeah. It, for me, I think it's hard for a young boy... From, ex- from experience, I can say this. It's and I hard, agree. It's hard for a young boy... Who's going through puberty to be able to tell the difference between like platonic, a deep platonic friendship with, with someone from the opposite sex or whatever it is. If it's someone of the same sex with, with someone there that Attra- they're attracted to. Right. It, I think it's hard for a young, a young male to tell the difference between those feelings of friendship and romantic feelings when they're going through puberty, because usually right. the progression is you become friends with someone, you get to know them a little better, you find things you really like about them, and then it progresses to, well, I really just want to spend all my time with them. Because what's the difference between a friendship and a romantic relationship? It's the physical stuff. Right. Basically. It's it's the butt stuff. Yeah, it's the butt <laughs> stuff. I mean, there's there's like intimacy in friendships, and there's intimacy in romantic relationships, and sometimes they're the same, and sometimes they're different, but like... That like like I was saying, you're trained by modern media. You're trained by modern television and movies and stuff. Like that's the that's the uh the, the trope, right? Is you have the girl next door that you're friends with that you don't even look at in a in a sexual way. And, and then she
1: grows up oh, and she, those yeah, she,
0: teeth straightened out and blah blah blah. She hits puberty and you right. get you get your uh you get your uh ten things I hate about you type of situation. Oh, I was gonna say a she's all that. She's all that ten, yeah. same same story, yeah. different movie. It's like you, you get that thing where the, she stops wearing overalls, she takes her hair out of a ponytail, and she now gets you contacts, and you're like, yeah. holy crap, you were hot the whole time. Now, I will be
1: honest, because... I, so, there's like kind of two things here. So the first is, I, I 100% agree that when you are a young male, like, I'd
0: say under the age of about 20. I was saying, like, from, from about 11 to probably 18... Maybe yeah, 18, even a little bit older. Eighteen to twenty, I think, um, from from
1: like from puberty until young young adulthood, it can be hard to parse a relationship, uh, or it's it can be hard to to parse out a relationship that is platonic versus uh, potential to not be. That's and, you- and and whether you're whether you're a guy attracted to other guys or a guy attracted to other girls, that disconnect is is. is is there regardless? I think, but girls, I think girls uh, are a lot have, better at it. I think they, I think, have a easier
0: time at parsing out the difference. I think girls are better. Girls are better at platonic relationships with. Opposite sex. At that age. At I think at most any age. <laughs> I think that they're well, better it gets better the older you get for guys, but I yeah. think that they're better at I mean it for and,
1: me, like I have no issues with it. You don't either. But no. but I think like when we were younger, yeah, definitely.
0: And then to be fair, like you and I were like not the coolest kids around. And so Yeah, uh, and and what happens is you wind up you wind up with that uh friend-zoned nice guy situation because they can't tell the difference between someone just I'm being so
1: can you can I just say this is a sidetrack. Can I just say I'm so glad that red reddit didn't exist when we were of that oh, age because yeah. we probably would have ended up some like neck beardy uh i always
0: tell like <laughs> incel like you know i always like, i always tell kathy about old sean no i know and i, know. I and old old sean talk sean about a... i talk about old sean like he was a different person well, because he was <laughs> he was a different person and old sean absolutely would have been a a like try hard neck beard a uh, 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 friend zoned nice guy. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to grow out of that. And I'm so glad I and did. And to be an adult and, and be like, I, oh, this is all my fault. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I yeah. blamed, I, I used to blame women for a lot of things. I've grown, I've matured. I've, I mean, slightly matured, but I've grown well, out of that. We're still two adult men in our 30s talking about kid shows from the 90s. So I don't know yeah. what
1: you want from that. But yeah, I just, I, I think it, this show does, I will say, does a good job at showing the male audience that this relationship is a hundred percent possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also wanted to say that I, I appreciate, I appreciate it. We'll get into like the good, the bad and the ugly re- revolving around this show later. But I did just want to say kind of here while we're starting to get into the cast, I, I appreciate the effort that they took to, um, give us a girl's perspective make her the main star of yeah, the show, is... but not in a way that felt like, oh, I'm girly girly. Like what? Like if you go watch Disney channel or Nickelodeon now, all those shows are like, let's get this cutesy Barbie doll of a girl who has the face of a 40 year old woman and the body of a 12 year old boy and we'll mash them together. And now they're going to play this until they grow up, get boobs and get tattoos and get angry. Yeah. all uh, you know, Haley Duff or whatever, uh, Hillary Duff or, you know, I just, I think, I think they do a good job of not making it like a thing. It just happens Sort of. It, it feels almost natural.
0: Yeah, as, you know what I mean. As someone who's not a girl and doesn't have a daughter, it 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 is it is interesting to note comparing comparing this show, and that is a positive to look at it. You know, I uh, you know spoiler alert. I didn't like this show a whole lot. In terms of entertainment value, right. But in terms of other things, I think that it does it does serve a pretty good purpose. Like like you were saying, it doesn't. Sometimes Clarissa is a girly girl, sometimes, but not always. Sometimes she is playing like, sports or, or she's no indep- weather. Yeah, or- she's independent. She is uh, sometimes singularly minded on things that aren't boys or fashion or whatever. She even goes through in one of the episodes that we watch. She goes through a thing where she's trying to decide. What she should wear on a date that she has with a guy. And she's like, Should I, should I dress like uh, should I dress like this? And it's like a it's preppy outfit. It's like a preppy or like outfit. A, or should I dress like this in this outfit? It's like a nerd outfit is yeah, one of yeah. them. And should I go geek chic? Or and then yeah, it's like a biker outfit to match his aesthetic. And then she's like, what am I talking about? I should just go as Clarissa and, and she's, be in, me. And she's yeah. in her normal clothes. And, she, and like, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like you don't you don't get that a whole lot. At least at the time, you didn't get that a whole lot. It was like, yeah. you know, girly girls, and and like the ones that weren't girly were seen as like outside freak kind of things. I think some stuff here is
1: sort of ahead of its time, and and you'll we can get into that as we get further into the cast. You know, the the mom, Janet Ferguson Darling, uh, which is where I think Ferguson gets his name from, is played by Elizabeth Hess, and. She's been teaching at NYU in the uh, drama department. She was educated at Lambda, and I guess she was in the Tony Award-winning play *And Butterfly back in the 80s, but she hasn't really done a whole lot more other than that. The dad, Marshall Darling, is played by Joe O'Connor, and he's actually done dozens of TV uh, series, but mostly as bit actor stuff uh he he hasn't done too much i put one other character in here and it's clarissa's boyfriend uh that she has for a while in in the show his name is clifford Spleenherfer, herfer and it's played by david Eck. and he's done literally nothing um but i did find his twitter account actually his twitter account i, I found it's like a picture of him and his kid and ah. he looks very happy
0: one so th- one thing i want to say before we move on about about uh, the parents is that Janet is kind of hippy dippy in the show. Uh, she is all into health food. She's a vegetarian. She's a vegetarian, yeah. And the dad is an architect, I think. But the dad is also like, I remember... He's a goofball. Well, he is, but he seems like like
1: the penultimate... Uh, Dad jeans wearing dad. Oh, yeah. You know, he's got glasses. He's kind of got, like, the curly fro a little bit. But he talks... There's an episode that we didn't watch, but I had flashbacks of while we were... While I was watching the episodes, where he was talking about back in the 60s. Back in his heyday or Mm -hmm. whatever. Because it's supposed to take place in the early 90s, and they've got teen kids so you know they would have been you know teenagers in the 60s i think it was maybe
0: the 60s or the disco era or something well yeah because if it's if it's 1991 probably around the same time so let's go back 20 years before that just just on the off chance so yeah so it's 1971 1971 when when they probably started dating like they were probably teenagers in the 60s
1: yeah yeah i mean that's what i was thinking something like that but But it's interesting to see, to see the, the sort of like relationship
0: there between the two of them. Yeah. And one thing we didn't say, we sort of mentioned it earlier about Ferguson, her brother. He is, I don't even know how to describe him. He is like, I want to say like an Alex P. Keaton, but he's not. He's, he's sort of a dick to Clarissa. He's like a stuck up know-it-all and he's the younger brother. And he always walks around dressed in like slacks and a long sleeve button up shirt. And he seems really stuffy and sort of lives to antagonize Clarissa. If, if I remember right, I think he was like a young Republican
1: or something in the episode. Like he's very much like of that, like that's Reagan what was, Republican era. That's why I was
0: saying like Alex P. Keaton yeah. type, of, type of deal. You know, it's like a, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting character. Um, there are a bunch of guest stars, guest appearances by uh, somewhat famous people. On this show. So we have Nancy Youngblood. Youngblood. Uh, who's been in a bunch of stuff like Bones, Cold Case, CSI. You have Cassidy Ray who plays Sam's girlfriend. Uh, she was in a couple of things uh, that were later later on in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, you have Paul Krepper who plays Joey Russo. Who is uh, Janet's ex-high school sweetheart in season 3. Um, he is uh, played by... Paul Kreppel, like I said, uh, he's been on a couple of things. There's some other actors. Michelle Trachtenberg was in this show for a couple yeah, of Yeah, we talked uh, about her with Pete and Pete. Yeah, for a couple of things. So have, Buffy and yeah, yeah. You have Wayne Brady who was in this as a pizza guy. We also have James Vanderbeek who is Dawson. Remember Dawson's Creek? Uh, yeah. That I w- was the start. I want to say that Dawson's Creek was the start of the WB's like angsty teen drama stage oh it totally was and
1: i was one of those i was one of those guys who actually religiously watched the first season or two and my parents apparently thought it was too adult for me to watch and it was too mature the content and so i was allowed to watch it but i would sneak in my room and i'd
0: watch it anyways watch that and one tree hill and other uh, shows no, i didn't that watch I can... that it
1: was just dawson's creek
0: That's by the way that i watched i think that james vanderbeek and peyton manning can have a forehead off oh they could they totally could. I could land a you know, uh, Lambda was, jumbo freaking jet.
1: Fun side note. It's like a he seven was, head. He was in uh the uh what was that show here? Sorry, Varsity those. Blues? No, no, he no, was no, in no. varsity
0: blues. No,
1: no no, I'm trying to think. I about, don't
0: want your laugh. Oh god. <laughs> are you are, are you talking about maybe um, The bee in apartment twenty three? Oh my god. Really? Yeah. With Jessica Jones. Ah oh. Oh, don't trust the bee in apartment 23. Uh-huh. Yes, he was. He and played and I was going to say he, he was really good in in that and he played himself like he, a weird He did play himself. a weird
1: version of himself. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's he's actually really funny in that show. It, that's uh one of
0: those TV shows that lasted probably a little too Oh short. my god, he he wound up on one tree hill. I can't believe that. <laughs> of course he did.
1: What? Well, well at any rate there's been a ton of people that have guest starred on this show and uh, we're not going to list all of them because the list is too
0: long. Yeah. But, uh... Let's talk about the show, what it is. So, yeah. the show itself is a... I mean, we said it a bunch of times. It's a sitcom based around Clarissa's life. She's the titular character. She's the main character. It's based around her life, things that are going on in her life, school, boyfriends, crushes, uh, drama that happens in her life, and it it's it has a very... Like I mentioned, Saved by the Bell earlier, it sort of has a similar feel because Clarissa, she'll stop and talk to the camera, and that's part of the Clarissa explains it all theme gag, whatever right. it is, is that she'll talk to the she'll talk to the audience about what's going on, or she'll reveal like her inner thoughts. It's or a what... sort of early reveal to what the episode's going to be about. Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like she's doing a video diary about what's going on in her life and then she like cuts to the action afterwards so she's talking about like the you know in one of the episodes we watched she is obsessed with the weatherman and she talks the episode to the- is called Crush Crush yeah she gets a crush on the weatherman on the local global local TV uh, and she she talks to the camera she talks to the audience about how ridiculous it is how ridiculous it is that she has a crush and how how, you know, it it she hates it. She hates the fact that she has a crush cuz it's making her act all weird and, and she wishes it would go away. She wishes it would go away, but then she also like talks about how dreamy he is and, and I will say that the advice given to her by her friend Sam
1: is I believe perfect.
0: Is Actually. it is it to just
1: go talk to him? No, no. Her his his advice was that you have this crush and you want it to go away and the best thing you can do is to just entertain your desire here Mm -hmm. and play it out. Let the whole thing run its course because eventually you will you'll get through your crush phase into, you know, this person isn't perfect and then you're done with it. Yeah. And so you, you kind of have to come up and over the hill of your crush, which in many ways is sort of good advice for any relationship that.
0: That bordered, doesn't work
1: out. That borders on obsession. Well, no, or that just doesn't work out. You know, if you have a breakup with somebody, uh, you know, both of us have had uh, pretty significant breakups in our past that were not fun or pleasant for us or the people around us. Uh, we were not both not healthy at different times. And, you know, the best way to get through up and over that was to just entertain those feelings and to kind of wallow in them a little bit move through them and move through them and that advice i thought was like really prophetic yeah from a show that i
0: don't think was meaning to be prophetic yeah one of the things about each of these episodes is like i said that it'll be about some issue that she has or drama or some kind of topic that is prescient on whatever the thing was going on in the day there's always a lesson, and that that's what you typically find in kid shows like that. There's always a lesson that 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 comes out from the episode, yeah. and like one in one of the other episodes. The lesson thankfully doesn't feel like it's like it's punching you in the face. Yeah, though. it's not a ham fisted like like stop turn to the camera go. You know what I learned today? You should just be yourself. Don't try to impress people with something that you're not. Like it didn't do G. that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pork chop sandwiches. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh man, what are you making? It smells so fucking good. It's a, oh god, it smelled good. I'm a computer. I'm a computer. Yeah, no, but no. So, it, it wasn't something like that where it was very explicitly said, but it right. you, you learned the lesson through the through the action, through the dialogue, through the lines that the characters would say. And it like, feels almost like the lesson for a lot of these tends
1: to be: be yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not.
0: Well, because that makes sense because.
1: The next episode that we watched, which is a new look. So, so just really quickly, what we watched was season two, episode one, which was crush season two, episode 12, which was a new look season five, episode 13, the last Clarissa. That's the last episode. And then season four, episode one, which was the flu. That was the lowest rated at 6.8. Um, I, it seems like the theme throughout that was to follow your gut be yourself don't try to be something that you're not just do the best that you can with what you got and uh don't be uh, generally don't be a dick to other people and that seems like pretty sound and you know
0: it also sort of seems like like platitude but but it makes sense think about the audience that this show this show i don't think was directed at boys i think this show I, was directed at, at girls look let's be clear this show we are not the demographic no not at all
1: at the time uh, maybe, weak.
0: maybe you can make but an argument. for the age demographic, I think that the, yeah, the direction though was at your tween to teenage girls, right? But with openness for guys to be like, yeah. Oh, I can relate. Yeah. There were relatable characters for guys, but I think that it was, yeah, like directed, targeted, related, at targeted at girls. At girls. Right. And I think that, I mean, you have a daughter, you've probably thought about this stuff. Like, being a girl i mean i have a wife that i've talked to about this stuff being a girl being a young girl especially a girl in like in middle school and high school sucks. Yeah, That's rough. That's a it rough sucks. world. It sucks. Like, and like, look, that's
1: not to discount because being a guy at that, look, being anybody in being junior a, high, being, sucks. An, being a high school kid or a junior high kid sucks. Junior high sucks yeah. for everyone. High school isn't that much better unless you're uncle Rico. And then, you know, you want to throw that ball over the moon, over the
0: mountains, over the mountains. How much you get, how much you bet I can throw that ball over the mountain. <laughs> that's my favorite
1: gift of his. At any rate, you know, I, it's a tough age. It's a tough age for kids, for parents, for teachers, for everybody, and and I think you're right in in so much as for girls it's infinitely
0: more difficult mm-hmm. because. Think about they have hormone issues that guys will never have to deal with, and they're judged. They're judged far more harshly on things that guys don't have to worry about. They're judged on their looks. They're judged on their weight. They're judged on their fashion. They're judged on on their hairstyle, and then judged on all the same stuff that guys are judged on. But at the same time,
1: discounted on all those things too, as if they don't matter. And so,
0: yeah. So the message the message that you get in a lot of these episodes is: be yourself. There's nothing wrong with being you. Don't try to pretend to be something you're not just to impress people. Like, you know, be be who you want to be and be happy with it. That's a pretty good message, I would think. And, it, you know, it's easy for us to say as two guys talking about a message for girls. But I would think that that's a pretty good message for girls if the show was directed towards, you know, I mean, 12 to twelve to 17-year-old girls. That's a pretty good message for them, I think. I would it's think. a pretty good message for anybody. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, for you, agree. You, you and I were both... You know, pretty nerdy kids. You were obviously big enough that picking on you was probably not a smart idea. Oh
0: man, my one of my favorite memories.
1: But I, but I was not, and so I had to survive in a different method. I survived by being. Uh, by always having a quip, by always having a punchline, by always uh, having something to make fun of the guy who's teasing me for. So the guy who was making fun of me. I would make fun of the fact that his tooth was chipped, or that his that his mom was balding, or something. You know, like oh my I God. I always I remember that kid too. <laughs> uh, and then you know, combine that with like doing martial arts so you could survive, and doing wrestling to try and survive, and those kinds of things. And you you figure out a way to navigate the world if you can. And and I think for me. And for you, to to some extent too, that being yourself when you definitely like there are was not there were places
0: like n- normal there were places that you could be yourself. Usually, it was with your friend group. You could be yourself yeah. with your friend group, probably away from school, maybe at school, or whatever. But like then, I didn't have much of a friend group, and that that
1: made I had it. like two or three people that. Well, I mean, I had a friend who you know I don't talk to anymore. Uh, that's its own set of thing, but you know he was he was sort of protective in that I kind of wasn't really allowed to have a lot of other friends. And so, you know, I would get friend groups and I'd have a friend group for a while. And then that would kind of get sabotaged. And then I would disappear and go find another friend group. And I finally kind of found my way and I had friends, you know, on my own, but I kind of figured it out later, but not until, you know, later in high school and as an adult. And I think that mantra of be yourself, be yourself, like don't let anybody change that. like, You'll find people
0: who you'll mesh with mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, you'll... and if
1: they don't, then fuck them.
0: Yeah, and you'll find somebody else, or maybe you'll find someone that's way to the extreme of what you are. Like I used to watch anime. Well, I still watch anime, and then it's a good balance. No, and I, and and then I got to college, and I thought. I like anime still. I'm going to go join the anime club. And I went to the anime club and I was like, Weeboo body pillow everywhere. I was like, man, I do not like anime nearly enough to be in the anime club because these guys are crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, I wear deodorant and I didn't put a hole in
1: my body pillow
0: for myself. So I I can't be be here anymore. I don't subsist entirely on Hot Pockets. (laughs) I mean, I eat a lot of them. Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket. No, okay, it's too hot. But I mean, <laughs> overall, I think that they're they're good messages. That being said, man, this show was
1: boring for okay, me. Okay, I wanted to get into this with you because I, I was, don't know if I agree. Can I? Before we get into
0: that, I'm gonna call you out because you didn't watch two of the assigned episodes. I didn't because well, one, I was the first two episodes. I was bored out of my mind. They were terribly. They were terrible. For me, they were terrible, they were cringy, they were awful. I don't know if this was intentional or not. But you sent me a
1: text that said, wow, Clarissa is boring as shit. I said, oh no, I was going to watch it tonight. And you go, wow, Clarissa is boring as shit. It's painful, it's painful, it's painful. And I said, it must be really painful then. I don't know if that... <laughs> I think that was a text error because I think, I'm
0: pretty sure I didn't send so that So It that was either a text error or it was subliminal. I mean, it might have been, but that here's the. So thing. So I knew right off the bat that when we got here, we would disagree. Because uh,
1: I don't know if I agree with. Eh, I mean, see, I, I got
0: I got two texts from you that said it's really painful. So I think there was some crossed wires or something. I don't know what happened. Our, our yeah, te- that's weird. Our text wires got crossed. Yeah, because I never said that it was painful. That was weird, huh? But interesting. Yeah. So th- to me, I and I didn't. I well, I for one thing, it was extremely boring, and I got behind because work has been extremely busy. There's been some stuff going on in my personal life. There's been a lot of stuff going on, and I was gonna, I was going to finish the ep- the episodes today. Then I got caught up with work stuff. How and dare I was, you give me excuses, and I was you actually, mongrel! I was actually doing work <laughs> up until the point when you came over. I was actually doing work as you were over. I, I you were you were working when we went to dinner. So yeah. So no, I know. So but honestly, from the if the first two episodes that I watched were the highest rated. I can't and I know that I know that you said that one of the other episodes was much better and it was the lowest rated episode. Yeah. But if those were what cons, what were considered the highest rated episodes, I found them to be extremely boring and cringy. I like it was the episode. Where All she, right. I'm going to agree with you on the cringy because I have specific
1: moments watching where I hid my face. Behind I always a do that. I
0: hate I hate awkward humor. And it's not like this. This See, show I is, love
1: awkward humor, but the cringy in this was very, very cringy. Yeah, it, like, I will be honest. You're epis- right. The
0: episode about the crush, the the where she has a crush on um, the weatherman. The weatherman. Oh, okay, that episode was just so stupid. Because I get it; she has a crush on like the local TV weatherman, but she's being so like ridiculous about it. Like, like she's if, a
1: 13 year old girl. She's I, a 13 year old, 14 year old girl. Whatever. She starts.
0: She starts going crazy about weather. She starts talking about the weather all the time because she thinks that that's what he enjoys the most. So she talks about the weather with her friends and her family and she starts a club where it's the it's the like whatever junior high uh, weather club and she tries to get a uh, she tries to get him to come to their club meeting and and she like sabotages some stuff with her family because she doesn't want to go on a hike. Yeah. And and like it's just it was that was the best episode. I was, I was, I actually really related to that
1: because I, I had people in high school that I crushed on pretty hard and, and I would do things like sabotage a family outing so that I wouldn't have to go. So I could instead go do this thing with this, where this girl was going to be. Or I intentionally failed a math test. (laughs) I did. I intentionally failed a math test so that the cute girl in the math class could come over and help me learn it. Even though I, I was like one of the kids in the class who didn't even need to show up. I would just show up, take my test and pass and leave. But I pretended like I was dumb so this girl could teach me
0: math because I thought she was cute and her hair was nice. I think, the, I think the, the only thing that I can remember that I did like that. I mean, I probably did some other stuff too, but I had a crush on a girl in middle school and I started liking a band because she liked them. And ended up really liking the band anyway. <laughs> Okay, but, like, that's a good example where you you pick something that you know that they're into and then but you it's like them. Something, it's not something that impacted other people. I'm just like, oh, she likes that band? I'm going to start listening to them, too. And then I listen to them I'm like, hey, they're actually a pretty good band. I like them. What's the band? Bush. Oh, well... I mean, come on. Think about it. It was like 1990, 1995. You know, it's funny that you said that because
1: because there's a girl that I had a crush on in junior high that was really into, uh, the lead singer of Bush and so
0: Rosdale. Yeah.
1: And so she was really into Gavin Rosdale and I was like, oh, this girl's cute and she likes this band. I got to listen to it. This is my new favorite (laughs) band. And so then I listened to it. I was like, oh man, this album's real good. Yeah. 16 stone is great. 16 stone was great. Yeah. even
0: race of suitcase is pretty good. Yeah. And I remember um, like, okay. Yeah. I'm into this band now. And luckily for me, my dad liked them too. And he had a cassette tape and a CD and his car didn't have a CD player. So he gave me the CD. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was yeah. like, sweet. I can listen to this. So, okay. So you've done it. you like something that someone else I did do liked. it. But what I didn't do is I didn't impact my family to do it. Uh, you did because your dad had a cassette tape. Well, he gave it to me. Did he buy it because he
1: liked the band, or no? He he, just liked, he liked the band. Oh, okay. That's well, why.
0: That's why okay. he had a cassette tape and a CD. Oh, of your it dad he, was cool then. Yeah, he had a cool me, dad. Yeah, but but like that that episode was cringy to me. And then the other episode where she's like fretting over this guy who had a crush on her, and then Yo, he stopped I had paying this attention. Exact experience. She stopped paying attention to him, and then he stopped paying attention to her. And And then then all of a sudden she switches. She's like, wait a minute. No, it's like they did an episode of family guy like this. And it was fucking annoying too. It was the one where, where, uh, what's his name? Um, Neil, the, the nerdy Jewish kid was no longer into Meg and Meg suddenly is like well wait a minute what the hell how does he have another girlfriend I want him now I want him to be back with me it's the same thing that happened in this episode the guy stopped paying attention to her and then he and then she's like wait a minute why doesn't he not want to do and that's the one where she's like trying to decide what outfit to wear to, yeah. to go on the date with him and she doesn't know what she's gonna do the cringy part for me in that episode was the dad and Ferguson doing that modeling shit okay I yes. was that, that was, was the like, cringy part for me is like so cringy I was like why is is this 45 year old asshole listening to his 13 or his like 11 year old son on how to model so he's supposed to be some intellectual like I get it it's a fucking show and I'm looking too much into it yeah he's supposed to be this I would assume fairly smart guy because he's an he's an architect but is he so socially awkward that he thinks his 11 year old son knows more about the world of fashion than he, he would have you met any architects before no Okay, they're they're not the most socially unawkward people, but so much uh, so that you think an eleven year old would have a better grasp on reality than you would. Uh, possibly. <laughs> to all the architects out there, you can send all your angry emails to Chris. <laughs> it's it's okay. I'll take all of them. <laughs> I, so I will say that I can build a house, but my my life
1: falls to pieces. Okay. That part, so. So so the story for that episode is that the dad goes to the grocery store or something in the mall or whatever. He was he was in the checkout line at the grocery store. Whatever. He got checked out. And he got checked out and then the mom gets all jealous because someone's uh, trying to steal my doughy dumpy husband, <laughs> right? So <laughs> the, the 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 theme originally seems like it's going to be about jealousy because this guy's not into Clarissa anymore. And now she gets jealous and then the mom gets jealous when the dad gets hit on. But then we come to find out that, that it's a talent agent, supposedly. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, but what? quote talent modeling agent is there and like like bfe ohio
0: or wherever the hell they're supposed to be it, it's like and a my mo- like come on <laughs> it's like a model for the penny saver you know yeah, that's what yeah. he ends up doing he ends well up- she
1: wanted yeah she wanted a model for like the penny saver and so like a very plain looking model but and he- then the dad the the son and the dad end up going on this whole tangent where they think he's like gonna be this you know high fashion model yeah. and he changes his outfit and adjusts the walk to make his butt look better and they do the, does they do ex- the walk
0: exercises the, and he the right said Fred song yeah, like a modified I, version except of- I noticed that they didn't say sexy he said I'm too handsome for my face or something like that instead of saying sexy yeah because the, I cringed at that part Th- But that, that, that part was the okay the, the Clarissa part wasn't cringy in that episode it was the dad in Ferguson I was just like why am I watching this <laughs> this is fucking terrible it was I am so, it, so and that it was wasn't like, terrible ha- but I thought it was was funny but that was, it was like cringy. three quarters of the episode though is is them dealing the with the story you mean yeah three quarters of the episode was the b story like the other shit what did it, it took like five minutes in the episode is clarissa trying to figure out what she's gonna do with this guy because they kept right. bleeding the other thing that they kept bleeding the b story over to that well and and the advice uh
1: see and once again it seems like sam is like the guru of advice
0: because he's his, you know what he is he's like wilson from home improvement he is like wilson from home Improvement. he shows up he dispenses sage advice and, and then, then he, he jumps out the window <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and in this she doesn't know should i call him should i not what should i do it's like and a he's, fortune cookie spider-man and, and his, like, his advice basically <sharp> tends to be uh just talk to him if you like him talk to him yeah. don't make it complicated this isn't a big deal and so that's his advice and i get the cringiness in this episode. I don't think it was a bad episode. I didn't, this was not, this is the one that I thought was the worst of the four that we watched. They were. Yeah. So the other two, the last Clarissa is a sort of book end to the series. And let's talk about that because
0: well, I have some experience in what she did. You
1: did. And you should have watched it. That's (laughs) why I said, so the, the, I want to watch, I want to talk about the lowest rated episode first, before we get to the, the book end episode, because that episode is called the flu. And it's about where the Parents get sick and then the kids are put in charge to help take care of the parents. And then as they go along, they they essentially, I think what it was is like they had sort of were taking for granted their parents. Mm -hmm. And then they have to take care of their own parents. And so they have to do things like go to the grocery store and then the pipes freeze and how they deal with that. And then there's no water and all these things. And how do you run a house? And they become sort of overwhelmed by it. And around the time that they start to get overwhelmed by it, they their parents start to feel better, but decide that they're kind of going to milk it a little bit. And then it ends with the kids getting sick and the parents taking care of the kids. But now the kids are sort of appreciative of it, where they, they're sick, but they offer to like take out the garbage while they're sick and all this other stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this was sort of an episode without Sam. It, so no advice. Well, no, but but they sort of like, I think they kind of, and I think maybe that's why it's rated so poorly, but, but I, I liked the idea of them having to fend for themselves and survive on their own and then becoming appreciative of their parents. Because we've talked about this now that I'm a parent myself and I know my kid's not all that old. She's only almost five now, but you never appreciate what your parents do until they're gone until you have to do it. Yeah, that's what it is. So now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it's all this stuff. Like, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, well, I need to eat. My kid needs to eat. Like you don't. But when you're a kid, you think, who's going to feed me, you know? Where's the food, Mom? Who forgot to fill up the fridge? Right. But when you're an adult and you have your own kids, that's your responsibility. And it's kind of cool because the
0: kids kind of come full circle and see that. <laughs> Looks so. like we're going to have a heaping helping of sleep for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. We're poor. <laughs> yeah. Hot dog water. Mm. Yay. Hot dog soup. Hey, there's protein in that. Yeah. So. protein in a lot of things. Go eat bugs. I was going to make another joke there. That's fine. Mm. Mm. Hopefully not in the family though. Yeah, no,
1: no, keep that, keep that outside. So the last episode that we are going to talk about, the last Clarissa is the bookend episode where I felt this is a sort of oddly prophetic, but also really kind of funny episode because now we are at the time period that she's talking about. So roundabouts roundabouts. So it's 1994. And she's talking about twenty years in the future and what the world's going to be like in twenty fourteen, and and she makes reference to President Chelsea Clinton, which I thought was really something we really all, something we kind of almost had. Uh, well, yeah, but, but something that I thought was really funny given today's times, um, and and how because you would think back then they'd be
0: like, oh yeah, wouldn't that be funny if Chelsea Clinton became a politician became hey, that president? Was, that was be, then, that was before Lewinsky. Right. Clinton was still riding high. He right. had just hit that, at the time of that episode, he probably hadn't even hit that 1994 midterm election where the where the Republicans retook the House. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so he was so. he was... so he was, he, was he was riding high in April and
1: then shot down in May. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> leave, leave my Sinatra quotes alone. Yeah. I, I I think part of that that was also interesting was as she talked about uh, her mom in the future being how how she wrote these successful cookbooks about being vegetarian and tofu and all this stuff and then she decided to go discover her next passion which was like in super... the neighbor uh no that's uh oh. th- that's a uh, part X no <laughs> she she goes into like hardcore like super hippie dippy juicing and I was like Wow, that that actually was kind of a thing in 2014. Everybody bought those Vitamix blenders, yeah, and everything. And, Vitamix, yeah, sure. you do, and they're great. But like that was the thing, and how? And then the one that I thought was funny is in the future, Ferguson becomes a scam artist uh, preacher after a banking uh, cri- like there's a they called it I think the Green Stamp Crisis that he helped create. It was like a banking crisis that supposedly took place in their mythological future and then he becomes a televangelist that, that swindles people out of their money and i thought man this is this hallelujah is some, this is some prophetic stuff preach on brother the best part though and the timing couldn't be more perfect is she it, she's got this conundrum right because she's going to go off to college and she's going to go get a journalism degree or she's going to go write for the equivalent of the new york times i think she gets like an
0: internship right? yeah At yeah the new so york it's times. one of the
1: two and so she picks the internship but you know she sees herself as this mythological future badass uh journalist and she pictures herself a la murphy brown because this is 94 and Murphy Brown is coming back like this year, mm-hmm. so I thought, man, the timing couldn't have been better for us to watch this because that feels so
0: new. But I thought, eh, journalism degree, big, powerful, successful. Eh, maybe speaking as someone with a journalism degree, <sighs> Sean, <laughs> what what uh, what bit of journalism are you working in now? Um, I I I post a lot on Facebook. That's technically writing. Um, I I was writing. You get into internet arguments a lot. I was writing on, I I do post on Reddit. I I, I was writing for a little bit on a couple of, uh, a couple of blogs that were not mine. They were mostly political blogs. I've thought about doing like news stories, but it's, it's hard because news is, I mean, it's some, it's a topic for another day. It's just, it's hard to make a lot of money and support a family as a reporter. Right. Support it well. As, a, as yeah. a reporter that doesn't have a national presence.
1: Yeah, you, you can't, unless you're like a big giant name,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you ain't going
0: nowhere. No, you better hope that your spouse makes money. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I, I thought that was really funny. Everybody and gets
0: into journalism thinking that they're going to change the world. When in reality, you're just going to report on city council meetings. And you're going to blog for a couple years, and then you know, you're
1: going to end up doing Lularoe, and then sell some essential oils, and then go do well, something else. What, yeah,
0: whatever the uh, whatever well, the newest, whatever pays your mortgage, whatever yeah. the newest MLM is. Yeah. So, oh God. <laughs> so it's it's, uh, it's now you didn't watch this episode, but something funny
1: is the friend Sam applies to 23 different colleges, gets rejected from all. All of them, including the local trade school. But by accident, by accident, he applied to an all girls school in Maine and they decide that they're going to let him in as the first male student. He's going to get so much pooned. So I, we're sitting there watching it and then uh, he, he comes over to Clarissa's house and... And he goes, hey, do you want to meet some of my classmates? They, they came out as like a welcoming committee because I'm the first guy to have ever gone to the school and they're really excited for me to go. And so he comes up and these three like legitimately really attractive girls who are definitely not like 18 uh, are, they all come up the ladder with him and they stand next to him like arms around him and everything else. And I was like, so what's the implication? So, He's going to go off to bang school? Like <laughs> yes. what's he? Imp- so, so when he leaves and he goes down the ladder, uh, my wife's like, what was all that about? It's like, you got into an all girls college. It's like, what's he going to major in? It was like chlamydia. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, I, I got a minor in hepatitis. <laughs> it's like, like, I, I thought that that was like maybe too, uh, there, there's a little bit of an adult meta joke in there that I was like, ah, these kids are really getting the, the gist here. But I guess if you started with the show in 91, 92, and then you progressed through to 94, 95, just you so... wouldn't be in the age category and you, if you're a boy, especially, you're gonna be like, I want to go to bank school. Yeah. I want to go to there. And yeah. if you're a girl, you'd probably be like, well, if I was a girl going to an all guy school, I would probably would like that too. I mean, Sam, Sam went
0: on to Sam went on to found Vivid Pictures <laughs> with probably, many of his classmates, probably. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: but what's
0: <laughs>
1: like? You know, see, that's why I'm saying I really wish you would have seen this episode because it maybe I'll, been the maybe perf- I'll
0: go maybe I'll go back and watch it. You know what? It's reminding me of, and I only know this because my wife went through and watched every friggin' episode of this, and I watched. I sort of tangentially. Uh, watched it from the couch and from the kitchen table is uh, it reminds me of Gilmore girls a little bit at the end. Like the, the daughter Rory is going to go off to college and you know get a journalism degree at the end of that show sort of grown or worthy yeah Yeah. and and you know change the world and then when the uh when the show comes back because she went and watched the uh the the one that was on netflix the like gilmore girls revisited or whatever Whatever it was yeah it's from a couple years later
1: six episodes or something yeah whatever they did
0: yeah rory was a uh she was a like successful journalist living in like paris or something (laughs) And nope. Yeah. Sorry, and, not real. And and it's one of those things where I think that in the I think that in the in the show, uh, Kathy told me that it was her boyfriend was like really rich and that's why she lived in such a big apartment in Paris. But it's like, like you know, it, it, it's just like. Um, uh, sex in the city you know she's some what's her name Carrie Bradshaw she's like a
1: part time blogger she's like yeah she's
0: like a magazine journalist that publishes publishes an item like every month or something or every two weeks but somehow she lives in this like Manhattan giant friggin apartment and 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 affords these like super expensive shoes. You know and what all she this. is? She's she's probably a freaking madam. That's what she is. She whores out all of her old friends to some like milf. It's the only it is
1: the only financially uh you know a viable solution. Yeah, she's
0: like a milf cougar. Uh, madam Madam for, for all of her freaking uh, all of her freaking sex crazed friends I, it is the only f- viable financial option there's like there's like 15 people that make a ton of money off of journalism that could probably live in that kind of a place like print journalism that could live in a place I was like that like print that. journalism print. Eh, that, that list is real small yeah. broadcast
1: journalism well everybody just, who's on
0: TV is making a lot of money well not necessarily I basically mean, everyone anybody Unless, on the in, big in channels, in the, channels is making yeah, a lot of money network network tips yes. But even still, you're making halfway decent money if you're a if you're an anchor on a news station, a local a, news station. Uh, I guess it depends on the market. It does but, depend on the market, but 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 yeah, like I don't know. It's I'll maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. It's just like I, I thought
1: that the episode would be particularly poignant for you, uh, and you would uh, you would appreciate the uh, that's that's sweet. I was to gonna say that. it's like it's like oh well, you know what I thought sweetheart. it was was maybe a little bit of wish fulfillment for the writers because chances are some of those writers probably got uh, journalism degrees. Journalism does teach you how to write so that people will listen. Right. I will tell you that. And and so you may uh, you you may be able to infer that some of those writers probably have journalism degrees and maybe this is some wish fulfillment. Maybe. Yeah. So I- I mean, so you didn't like this because of the cringiness and because you thought it was boring. I right? thought
0: it was boring. And granted, I only watched two episodes. But based off of my two episodes. But you should be able to know after an episode or two. Yeah, whether yeah. you whether you want to watch more episodes. And after episode one, I did not want to watch episode two. But I watched <laughs> it anyway. And after episode two, I was like, I am done with this freaking show. And I didn't intentionally not watch the other two. I just ran out of time. So, I don't know. I didn't like the... Yeah. I like the message I didn't like the right. vehicle. So,
1: so I, I felt like some of the acting is ham Oh, some of the
0: acting is so bad. And and
1: some of the writing is a little contrived. And so, But I, it's a kid's show. It's a but, kid's sitcom. Right. And like, so,
0: sitcom writing is contrived.
1: So, first off, the show is not for us. It's not for our demographic now. It, technically, I mean, we are borderline demographic then. I... I'd, I didn't dislike it as much as you. Uh, there were definitely parts I was like, oh, God, can we just get this over with? But I liked the, all the message stuff. I liked that it was starring a girl that wasn't just about it being about a girl. I, I liked that the messages didn't feel shoehorned either. And I liked that the stories seemed varied and sort of interesting. I, I liked all of that. I liked the relationship between her friend and her, that it was platonic and that they could make that work. And I liked all of that. Um, I feel like what, there's a what, but coming up. There, well, and there is. There's a but and then a butt. So the first but is, but would I go back and rewatch this myself? No. Hell no. I, I don't have any desire to go back and rewatch any of this myself because some of it is, yeah, a little bit boring. The second but, however, is that do I think that this show uh, works for kids today uh yes. So I, you know my, my kid, I, I showed her these episodes and she really enjoyed them. Actually, she particularly liked the worst-rated episode hmm. because of the fact that the kids were in charge. It was total wish fulfillment for a little kid. So she really enjoyed it and she wanted to watch more. She actually watched all of these episodes with me, and uh and so she liked the show. And I would say that that yes, it works. I, I I feel like the show itself is dated and that some of the kids today won't get some of the references, but it is, uh, see, I have a lot of butts here, but at the same time, the, the time capsule element to
0: the show is such a holy shit time yeah, capsule. If you want to know about the early nineties, this is a perfect time capsule. So now you said that it, it would probably work for the kids today. I did see that they tried to reboot it. Uh, no, well, it, there's or maybe sort... they are trying to reboot it. So, as...
1: so first off, there was a spinoff. With one episode that got made and and it didn't go anywhere. It was her in college, mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Clarissa explains it all. The college years. Yeah, it was basically Just that's what say it by was. the bell.
1: The college years. And and it's, I guess, uh, they they filmed it like a year or two after this, but before Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So so there's that. She was in an interview and they asked her, would you do it? And she said basically the, the, the equivalent of hell no. But uh, then money comes along, and you get older, and then you end up not doing a whole lot with your career. She ended up doing what was it, uh, Joey uh, Melissa? Joey Melissa, yeah. And that had five years, and then it was over two years ago. And she hasn't really done anything in two years. And last that I heard, there was a story, not but a couple of months ago, that they are rebooting it. Yeah, and with she's her going to be the mom. Or, yeah, and I think that that's perfect. I think that's a great way to reboot it. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it like they did Fuller House. Where the kids are now the parents and now they have the trials and tribulations that they had. You just have to write it right. That's that's the thing is the direction that the writing went here I thought was perfect. Yeah. But I, I think the writing quality itself maybe could have improved some.
0: Yeah, well, I I think that it'd be interesting to see what they would do with it in a modern setting with her as the mom. Like, would they have her do all the asides still, the the talking to the audience, or would they have the kid do it? I feel like they could maybe do both because the mom could talk to the parents in the audience and make it more accessible to, like, multiple levels of audience. I would think that that would actually be a really smart way to do
1: it. But who knows? I mean, it'll probably wind up on Netflix. It could have been something where it opens with Melissa Joan Hart doing that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh or no it could open up with the kid starting it and then she does something i guess wrong and melissa joan hart comes in and sh- her character would come in and then go no 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 this is how i used to do it mm-hmm. and then have like a fourth wall break between the two of them in the audience and like no this is how you do it and then from then on her the daughter would be the one doing it but the mom might at some point be like Ooh and then stop the show in the middle and do a thing.
0: Yeah. That could be a smart way to do it. And then Sam shows up, and he's gone all crazy because he's had syphilis for the last 25 years. See, I was
1: thinking it might be interesting if they uh, were married and divorced. Her and Sam? Yeah, what if she came home, because journalism degree is not going to work out, she comes home, and her and Sam... uh, She's got half of that vivid money? Yeah. And (laughs) her and Sam get married and have a kid, uh, and then they got divorced, it didn't work out? Because, he but had, he comes over to visit his daughter by climbing through
0: the window. <laughs> hey, dad. Yeah. Hey, yeah. dad. Oh, that could work. He's live They're living in the same house because they have kicked their parents out to live in a home or something. Yeah, one ended up with
1: dementia, so they put him in a home. That's probably the mom.
0: Yeah. yeah all those dad, all those definitely. hippie hippie drugs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't like it. I think I'd be interested to see what they would do in a reboot. I think this is a good recommendation for kids or if you want to see it as a time capsule.
1: Uh, it's not great, but I, I I like what they tried to do with it. But that's how I'm going to end it. Yeah, I like what they tried to do with it.
0: Yeah, I don't recommend going back and watching it. You kind of sounds like you kind of do with like a caveat. Uh, I would. Yeah, like if you want to
1: preserve your, your glasses, which is something that we always talk about here.
0: Don't go back and don't watch go it. back and watch it. But if it's you hard don't... to find too. Oh my God. It wasn't easy to find. So this is
1: like, Hey dude level. It's not easy to find. So you can find, if you have terrarium or something like that, you can find those episodes via there, but I had trouble loading some of the episodes. I had to go into, what is it? Daily mail or daily something. motion,
0: daily motion. Yeah, I found and then, it there too. And watch the episodes, but they're all superimposed backwards. Yeah. Some of them were, they yeah. were, yeah, that's how you get around it. Yeah. But, uh, if you liked this episode and you want to talk to us about it, you can contact us on Facebook and Twitter and, uh, through our website Uh, I've updated the website since, uh, since our last episode. It's all, uh, I mean, I think I have all of our social media is on there. There's links to everything. Yeah. I think you did that before, before Pete. Yeah, Uh, I did just
1: say that we sort of apologize. We took a break here. I I was got in the way. I, so before we left, we recorded actually we recorded our hundredth episode uh, before we went on break because we did it. We gonna have some guests on our hundredth episode, mm-hmm. and so we we recorded that beforehand. So we actually recorded two episodes before we left, and then I, I was gonna be gone uh, in visiting my wife's family in Thailand and the Philippines. I was gone for almost the whole month of July. So those of you that I, I messaged back and forth, uh, you know, I was I was gone. Uh, some of you guys like Sean and uh, you know you guys know that I was. Uh, overseas but you know and then sean was here working he didn't have the ability to do a show by himself so we we apologize we did take a sort of unexpected break but we will try and get back into regular release schedule yeah we're gonna try and maybe double up and and kind of build a a little bit of a buffer so that we have some inside baseball inside inside baseball. baseball
0: but uh all the inside baseball yeah we are so check out our website for updates uh we'll try and get our request list up there too so you can see what's see what's going on with that uh, if you want to check out our network, we're part of the ACPN network. It's uh, acpnet.net. There's a lot of good shows on there that you can check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and then can, the music. The music. We want to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music. The song is called Nascent. Uh, it's a great song. You can check it out on our website. It has a link to that song, the full song, and a link to his SoundCloud. He does, he does digital music production. He also does some vocals on some other tracks. He's got a lot of good stuff on there. If there's
1: anybody you think that we should be in contact with that you think we would make good, uh, I guess partners or friends, uh, who you might want to see us maybe collaborate with, uh, you feel free to put us in contact with. We're willing to reach out or vice versa. You can tell them to get in touch with us and send us
0: an email, contact us on our website, do what you got to do and we'll get back to you and, uh, I think that'll do it. Yeah, it's been good to get back into it. Yes. And we got more stuff coming, so. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. Oh, yeah.